welcome to A Great Big City News, episode 44. Today, a swim around Manhattan and the Corey Lytle plane crash. If you'd like to support A Great Big City and our podcast, visit agreatbigcity.com support, where individuals can make a one-time or monthly contribution. And if you're a New York area company, visit agreatbigcity.com advertising to view our ad rates and learn more about advertising on the podcast and on the website. Hi, I'm Trace Gilton, founder of A Great Big City. Talk about a lot of history here on the podcast, and we're starting off today with a special announcement. Nine years ago, on October the 4th, 2010, A Great Big City is founded. I'm recording this on the exact anniversary date, but the ninth anniversary did sneak up on me. Nine years ago, I looked through the list of names that I had come up with for the new site that I wanted to start, registered the domain name and the Twitter account, and began what would become a great big city. It's by far been the biggest project I've ever produced, and I'm thankful for all the support I've received and all the experiences I've had along the way. Looking forward to growing the site and the podcast even more in our 10th year. And as always, thanks for being part of a great big city. 99 years ago, two young women, Beverly Bayard and Laureline Davis, complete a cross-country walk from San Francisco to New York that took four and a half months. Bayard had left Los Angeles and joined Davis in San Francisco, where the women began their cross-country walk with just $20 in their pockets, equivalent to about $260 today. Bayard was 20 years old and Davis 19 years old at the time. Along their 3,000-mile journey, the two reported that they found the American people kind and accommodating, and they didn't miss a single meal or spend a night without a place to sleep. Despite a vaudeville producer in Chicago trying to recruit them for his show, Baird and Davis kept strolling across the Northeast and arrived in New York City sometime in late September, early October. The mentions of their trip were just various small stories syndicated in papers nationwide, so it was hard to figure out when or where they arrived in the city. Although some interviews mentioned that they planned to find work in New York, by November 1920, one month after completing their cross-country walk, they had set out for Cuba, this time via bicycle. The photo of Bayard and Davis with their bicycles at a stopover in Philadelphia has become quite an iconic photo and the Library of Congress photo is used on bicycling sites across the Internet. A short mention in a 1921 newspaper indicates that Baird may have also done a return trip across the country from east to west via bicycle the year after her walking trip with Davis. Twenty years ago, on October 1, 1999, Area Code 347 becomes active in New York, adding to the area covered by 718 in the outer boroughs. Eleven years later, 929 would also be added to cover the same area as 347 and 718, which means that the current supply of numbers using those three area codes is expected to last until 2029 at the current rate of growth. As of 2019, the newest area code in the city is 332, which was assigned to Manhattan. With the shift toward mobile phones and the portability of numbers, 347 numbers can now travel across the country, bringing along the legacy of once having been assigned to someone living in New York City. 
44 years ago on October the 6th, 1975. Diana Nyad swims entirely around Manhattan in record time. The 26-year-old swimmer spent 7 hours and 57 minutes in the water, but emerged with a new record, shaving nearly an hour off the previous unofficial record set 48 years earlier. This was Diana's second attempt within 11 days, with the first attempt being spoiled by constant rain and winds. Diana Nyad would go on to become known for her endurance swims, including a 102-mile swim from the Bahamas to Florida, and a swim from Cuba to Florida that had to be done inside a shark cage. In September 2019, Nyad performed a play at the Minetta Lane Theater in the West Village that told the story of her 111-mile swim from Cuba and the hardships that she faced along the way. Almost exactly 38 years later after her swim around Manhattan, Diana Nyad would return to New York for a marathon swim within the city in a pool at Herald Square. The 48-hour endurance swim in the pool was to benefit people impacted by Hurricane Sandy and raised $103,001 that was distributed by the AmeriCares Foundation, a disaster relief agency. Nineteen years ago, on October 8, 2000, attackers attempt to firebomb a synagogue in the Riverdale in the Bronx. Just hours before Yom Kippur, bottles filled with vodka and a flammable liquid were found outside the conservative synagogue Adath Israel of Riverdale in the Bronx. The bottles had burned wicks attached, but did not detonate or burn. Three Yonkers residents aged 15 to 21 were convicted under the state's newly expanded hate crimes law, serving between two years probation for the juvenile and five to 15 years in prison for the arson charges against the oldest attacker. Two of the attackers were of Palestinian descent, and the oldest admitted during his arrest that the crime was motivated by his hatred aimed at Jews. The synagogue still stands on 250th Street in Riverdale, and is celebrating its 65th year serving the community. Thirty-four years ago, on October 9, 1984, the black-and-white Imagine mosaic in Central Park's Strawberry Fields is dedicated to John Lennon on what would have been his 45th birthday. Strawberry Fields had been dedicated just four months after Lennon was murdered in 1980, and the area was further developed by Yoko Ono, through 1984 to contain the Garden of Peace, which itself contains the Imagine Mosaic. According to Yoko Ono and the Central Park Conservancy, Strawberry Fields Forever was one of Lennon's favorite songs, and its title came from an orphanage in Liverpool. The monument has become an iconic New York feature and serves as a gathering place for John Lennon's fans to gather in remembrance all days of the year, but especially on Lennon's birthday, October the 9th, and the anniversary of his death, December the 8th. Visit the memorial on the west side of Central Park by entering at 72nd Street, across from the Dakota Co-op building where Lennon and Ono lived, and where Lennon was stalked and killed in December 1980 by a former fan who allegedly turned to hating the musician over Lennon's comments about Christianity. Five years ago, on October 10th, 2014, Construction of 432 Park Avenue tops out at 1,398 feet, 
making it the second tallest building in New York and the 15th tallest building in the world at the time. Since One World Trade Center, the official tallest building in the city, features a large spire and sits at a lower elevation, the rooftop of 432 Park Avenue was actually the highest roof in the city, but it doesn't feature any roof deck or observation platform. The rankings for the tallest buildings change fast in the modern race to the sky taking place along Central Park South, and in September 2019, 432 Park was overtaken by just 5 feet when one Vanderbilt topped out at 1,401 feet tall, making 432 Park the 5th tallest and one Vanderbilt the 4th tallest in the city. Two other buildings in the neighborhood have taken their place on the tallest list, with the ultra-skinny Steinway Tower and the massive Central Park Tower both surpassing 432 Park. Thirteen years ago on October 11, 2006, a Yankees pitcher and his flight instructor were killed when their small, single-engine plane crashed into an Upper East Side apartment building. Corey Lytle, a 34-year-old who had recently been traded to the Yankees, owned the plane, but was still a new pilot and was practicing flying around the city. During a low flight over the East River, Lytle misjudged the area necessary to make a U-turn over the East River and could not turn sharply enough to avoid hitting the Bel Air condominiums located at 524 East 72nd Street. The plane hit at the 32nd floor, killing both Lytle and his instructor, and injuring residents inside the building, pedestrians on the ground, and FDNY firefighters responding to the scene. After the crash, investigators were unable to determine whether Lytle or the passenger, a licensed flight instructor, were at the controls at the time of the impact. A CNN report from the time interviewed a pilot who witnessed the moments before the crash, and he stated that the plane was flying erratically and was banking very steeply. These details would match up with the eventual NTSB report, which stated that, while making a 180-degree U-turn over the East River, the pilot did not use an adequate amount of space and did not begin the turn with the plane banked sharply enough to make the turn in the space available, which, combined with the winds at the time, placed the exit of the turn over Manhattan, and the plane struck the building. Although the 180-degree turn started higher above the water than the building's total height, attempting to make such a sharp turn in a limited space likely stalled the airplane and caused it to descend near the end of the turn. In flight logs reviewed by the NTSB, Lytle had accumulated 87.8 hours total flight time in the previous 12 months, with only 3.9 hours as the pilot in command of a Cirrus aircraft, the type of plane flown in the crash. Official logs showed no record of any previous flight experience over the East River for either Lytle or the certified instructor in the plane. The crash caused temporary fears of terrorism, and fighter jets were scrambled to the area as a precaution but the true cause was quickly known and the fire was extinguished within a short amount of time. In a strange twist, one of the apartments where an engine from the plane came to rest belonged to a woman who had been badly injured by a falling street light during the 1997 Macy's Thanksgiving Parade, an event we'll talk about in a November episode of the podcast. One year after the deadly crash, the New York Times gave an update on the reconstruction saying that the non-standard-sized replacement windows had to be specially made 
and had delayed the project, and that 100 of the building's 137 apartments had suffered smoke damage. And finally, a bit of good news for anyone out there that may be searching for a new home. The housing market may be moving in your favor if you can afford to buy instead of rent your next apartment. According to real estate site StreetEasy's data, through August 2019, the prices of rentals are increasing while the prices of homes for sale are decreasing. In fact, the median asking price for a one-bedroom in Manhattan jumped 7.5% over the last year, tagging on $233 to the monthly rent. At the same time, sale prices in Manhattan dropped 4.5%, matching price levels from April 2015. Brooklyn and Queens didn't escape the trend, so your chances at home ownership in the outer boroughs are also increasing. Brooklyn's sale prices dropped 2.4%, and prices stayed level in Queens, both movements that are at odds with what had been steadily increasing prices. On the flip side, rental prices also jumped in Brooklyn and Queens, a move that should really have city residents comparing the math on paying a monthly rent versus paying a monthly mortgage payment. A great big city has been running a 24-hour news feed since 2010, but the AGBC News podcast is just getting started and we need your support. A great big city is built on a dedication to explaining what's happening and how it fits into the larger history of New York, which means thoroughly researching every topic and avoiding clickbait headlines to provide a straightforward, honest, and factual explanation of the news. Individuals can make a monthly or one-time contribution at agreatbigcity.com support, and local businesses can have a lasting impact by supporting local news while promoting products or services directly to interested customers listening to the podcast. Visit agreatbigcity.com slash advertising to learn more. A Great Big City is more than just a news website. It automatically checks MTA data before morning rush hour and sends out notifications if there are delays on any subway lines, Long Island Railroad or Metro North trains, and bridges and tunnels. Follow A Great Big City on social media to receive the alerts. Park of the Day Bruce Park in Fieldston in the Bronx One of the oldest parks in the section of Riverdale known as Fieldston, this property was acquired by the city through condemnation on December 30, 1882. Today, Bruce Park is often used by Manhattan College students seeking refuge from their studies in the shade of more than 15 types of trees found in the park. In Parks Events, coming up on Sunday, October the 6th, is the 17th annual My Dog Love Central Park Fair. The Central Park Conservancy is inviting pets and their owners to Central Park with all types of activities, beginning at noon on Sunday. The event will feature dog training workshops, performances, an opportunity to ask a vet any questions you may have, a variety of merchandise for you and your dog, the ability for your dog to try out the dog agility course and obstacle course, and the ability to apply and receive your dog license. That's this Sunday, October the 6th, from noon to 3 p.m. at the Baumberg Band Show in Central Park. Enter the park at 72nd Street on the east side of the park. And be sure to keep your dog on leash during the event. Now let's see what our robot friend has been digging up this week on the concert calendar. 
This is the AGBC concert calendar for the upcoming week. Phil Collins is playing Madison Square Garden on Sunday October 6 at 8 p.m. Madonna is playing the Bam Howard Gilman Opera House on Sunday October 6 at 8 p.m. Bombay Bicycle Club is playing Brooklyn Steel on Monday October 7. Deep Purple is playing the Beacon Theatre on Tuesday October 8. Mercy Me and Crowder are playing Radio City Music Hall on Tuesday October 8 at 7 p.m. Lagwagon, Face to Face and Maycore are playing The Warsaw on Wednesday, October 9th. Big Thief is playing Brooklyn Steel on Wednesday, October 9th. Napalm Death, Municipal Waste, Sick of It All, Subversive Right, and Take Offense are playing The Bowery Ballroom on Friday, October 11th. Frank Turner is playing White Eagle Hall on Friday, October 11th. Bonavere and Yolotango are playing The Barclays Center on Friday, October 11th. Renaissance is playing the Town Hall in Midtown on Friday, October 11th at 8 p.m. America is playing the St. George Theatre on Friday, October 11th at 8 p.m. Amon Amarth, Arch Enemy, At The Gates, and Grand Magus are playing Manhattan Center Hammerstein Ballroom on Saturday, October 12th. Liz Fair is playing the Gerald W. Lynch Theatre at John Jay College on Saturday, October 12th. Travis Scott, ASAP Rocky, Meek Mill, and more are playing City Field on Saturday, October 12th at 12 p.m. Chris Thiele with Trey Anastasio is playing the Town Hall in Midtown on Saturday, October 12th at 5 p.m. Wilco is playing Radio City Music Hall in Midtown on Saturday, October 12th at 7 p.m. The Temptations and the Four Tops are playing the New Jersey Performing Arts Center on Saturday, October 12th at 8 p.m. And Explosions in the Sky is playing the Knockdown Center on Sunday, October 13th. Thanks for listening. Find more fun things to do at agreatbigcity.com slash events. Here's something you may not have known about New York. Times Square is the most visited place in the world with 360,000 visitors daily. Extreme highs and lows for this week in weather history. A record high of 94 degrees on October the 5th, 1941, and a record low of 35 degrees on October the 5th, 1881. Weather for the week ahead, rain beginning on Sunday through Wednesday, with light rain possible, and high temperatures beginning to dip down into the 60s. We're starting to look ahead toward winter, and this week AccuWeather released their long-term forecast for the winter and it's calling for a few cold spells during fall in the northeast. But once winter comes, AccuWeather is predicting an active winter season beginning just after the new year. So we may be looking at a few more tests of the city's plow system, and maybe a few opportunities for a snowball fight among a few friends. Thanks for listening to A Great Big City. Follow along 24 hours a day on social media at A Great Big City or email contact at agreatbigcity.com with any news, feedback, or topic suggestions. Subscribe to A Great Big City News wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Player FM, or listen to each episode on the podcast pages at agreatbigcity.com slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening and visit our podcast site to see show notes and extra links for each episode. 
Our intro and outro music is Start the Day by Lee Rosefear. And the concert calendar music is from jukedeck.com. Thanks for being part of a great big city and happy ninth anniversary.